0: You're listening to Cinema Geekly Premium, premium podcast from premium people. Thanks for your support. Not a podcast. Cinema Geekly's Star Trek podcast. It's Anthony Lewis along with Ben Knight, Fleet Admiral Ben Knight, transporting in. Hey up. How are you doing, sir?
1: <laughs> yeah, not too bad. We had some technical difficulties, uh, but we're we're good to go. Uh,
0: what are the prospects? I, I I meant to ask you what are the what are the prospects here coming out of the uh, the elections? You guys just had. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, yeah, we your, had we had, had our local elections
1: night. and some mayoral elections, which was very exciting. Uh, Boris Johnson, who you may remember from um, from being the London version of Donald, oh, Donald Trump. Trump, that's right. Um, although he may one day be our next prime minister. Oh God! <laughs> I, if, can you imagine if that happens at the same time that's as terrifying. Donald Trump as the president of the US? I, I mean, that would first force them at some point to be in the same room together, which could be interesting. Because I'm yes. not entirely convinced they're two different people. Um, I
0: have not seen them in the same place at the same time. No,
1: no. Um, and they, at the very least, I mean, I guess they've got a friend in common. It must be their wig maker, but... Oh. I'm still here. That was weird. Oh, that was very strange. Um, so, yeah, anyway. Pff, the the local elections aren't terribly interesting. Um, but uh, the Labour Party... Got hammered in Scotland, which was a surprise to no one because they're fighting the same ticket as the Scottish National Party. Uh, and in England, they did really quite well, and that's why the press are saying, "Oh, they did terribly," because that's not right. what they predicted and not what they want. So,
0: <laughs> but uh, uh,
1: but he's a socialist, yeah. Um, therefore, I, I think is socialism still considered evil in the US? I don't know. Uh,
0: yes, uh, yeah. because socialism is an ism just like communism is an ism
1: and they're the same thing
0: yeah well yeah i mean they have the same last name of ism so they're related yeah
1: although it is in fact, as somebody (laughs) said the other day it is rather difficult when you consider yeah it kind of kind of got tarnished a little bit by the fact that the um national uh sorry nationalist socialism sorry national socialism uh (laughs) National oh, fuck it. National Socialist Party there you go. Uh, of uh, of a certain country in the middle of uh, Europe um, some years ago had yes. their name shortened to the way that it was shortened. Anyway, something something or other. Uh, Isn't <sighs> politics? Do you know politics? I, I've used to be very actively involved in politics. I've been an election agent. I've done all sorts of stuff like that. But at the moment, it's so fucking boring because at the moment, nobody is involved in politics. Everyone's involved nah. in PR, and it's there you go. Just
0: yeah that's what it's hey that's what hey our uh uh our our american capitalist president the other day just
1: uh mm-hmm. talked
0: about how he doesn't think that politics should be a reality show which uh i immediately disagreed <laughs> with i thought i thought it's been a reality show since they started televising debates well he presumably uh, thinks 60s. it
1: should be saturday night live seeing as he's now yeah. doing a load of he's got his own youtube channel of comedy sketches <laughs>
0: sure sure Uh, you know, to me, to me, it's, it's, to me, it's been about, uh, name recognition, uh, and charisma and how you look ever since they started putting them on television. Uh, Mm. I, I, you, you can make an argument that we haven't had an ugly president. Like we, we've, we've never, since television, we haven't had like a Taft. Not on Uh, the
1: outside. (laughs) No, we
0: haven't, no, we haven't had a big fat guy president like Taft. Uh, like uh, William, like William Taft. So mm-hmm. uh, it's it's co- there's cosmetics involved, there's charisma involved. This all of this stuff comes before policy nowadays. And I, I well, appara-
1: apparently, fucking a pig is no def- is no uh, problem when you want to be the. <laughs> well, that's charismatic. The, you know? yeah, there's
0: a charisma to that. There's a mysterious charisma. Like, well, you suggesting ooh, he wooed the pig? Uh, he's he's know, dirty. Yeah, people are just captivated by. Uh, the, by the way the big news and and yes we'll eventually talk about Star Trek uh, I'll tie it in, <laughs> I'll tie it in this way Star Trek is about unity and you, and unifying people and the news that came out of the UK local elections that actually made it to news locations here <laughs> in the United States Go was on. that uh, London elected a Muslim mayor yeah city so uh, come. and that was uh, yeah uh, a labor or if or if you Prefer to pronounce it as it's spelled in American labor, uh party, uh, and uh, apparently not big, uh, not a big surprise here. I guess he was tied to extremism,
1: <laughs> but. Well- a fantastic campaign fought by Zach Goldsmith for the Conservative Party, which yeah. basically consisted of going, "No, no, uh, I'm sure he's lovely." By the way, I reckon he probably supports ISIS. But no, you know, I'm I'm sure he's fine. But Muslim, you say, "Well, I'm sure that's I'm sure that's splendid," and no way suggests that he knows how to make bombs or anything. Uh, I mean, seriously, it, it, Zach Goldsmith is genuinely. <laughs> The scum of the fucking earth for the campaign now, he put here. Even Donald Trump were, would have cringed at some uh, of the shit he uh, came uh, out apparently with.
0: Apparently there were other Tory party members who denounced his campaigning as well, so...
1: Yeah, they, well, there were, yeah. yeah so, Barnas most recently, who I had a conversation with about it on Twitter,
0: rather oddly. So there you go, one step closer. That's that's uh, they, You guys did something that we'll never do here, that's for <laughs> sure. Uh, well, least... you're
1: about to elect a... Um, uh, well, one way or another, you're about to make history with who you elect for president.
0: Um, That's true. Either the first woman president or the first orange president.
1: <laughs> the first fucking lumpa president. Uh, yes, um,
0: and, I, and I don't mean orange as in skin color. I mean he's just an orange with hair. He's a I fruit. I think he's, I think he's going
1: to. I think he's going to take America to war against the vermicious canids. Um. <laughs>
0: You don't think Trump could lead us to the next Star Wars era? Uh, I'm, he could lead... Well, hang on. Do you mean as in
1: Star Wars, uh, the, uh, the the space race in terms of arms?
0: Yeah, yeah like Reagan. Reagan had the Star yeah, yeah. Wars defense plan. Um, uh, we could have had Star Trek if we elected Cruz because... Cruz, yeah. Ted Cruz, was a self-professed <laughs> Star Trek fan, even though I'm relatively certain he's never watched an episode or at he least paid be, attention to a story.
1: He must be the only motherfucker who has watched Star Trek and and basically rooted for initially the Klingons, then the Romulans, then yeah. the Borg.
0: <laughs> I think he just liked that. I think he just liked the Omega Glory episode of the original series yeah. where Kirk comes out with like an American flag
1: <laughs> and the read
0: from the Constitution or something. Um, oh, goodness. and that's how I knew I wanted to be in politics. Uh, let's talk about Star Trek, <laughs> shall we? Uh, this is the uh, this is the in between episode between talking about the uh, original series and the Next Generation, uh, because in between they had a lot of movies. Now, granted, I believe Star Trek's five and six both occurred during Next Gen's run. But we're but we're not doing that kind of weird chronology. We're just going to talk about all six of the movies uh as if they're time in the Star Trek timeline, they're sandwiched between uh uh the original series and uh and Next Gen. Uh the first of which is of course Star Trek the Motion Picture, which was almost not even a motion picture, Ben, uh because mm-hmm. they wanted to do another TV series. Uh, was the yeah. first thing they wanted to do. They wanted to do Star Trek Phase 2. The first uh, episode would just have been that sweeping shot of the Enterprise. <laughs> and then it would have been, it it been credits,
1: have been. sweeping shot of the Enterprise, and that's our time.
0: <laughs> it could have been a whole episode uh, in and of itself. Uh, I, I think they were maybe spurred on by the popularity of the original Star Wars film. Hmm. Uh, but they it's very clear watching it that they wanted to be like 2001 A Space Odyssey, but with more talking and more things happening. Because <laughs> I believe 2001: A Space Odyssey has about it's like a two-hour movie with about 40 minutes of of words, but then mm-hmm. the rest of the film is silence or music or looking at space or a floating ship. Uh, and people heralded it as the greatest thing of all time. I disagree. I couldn't watch it. I fell asleep 15 minutes into the movie. It's uh, one of those
1: films that you you may have, you sort of look at how long it is and think, oh, yeah, I'll watch it at some point. And then you watch it when you're ill, so you're lying on on the sofa at home. <laughs> Maybe with a duvet, why not? And yes. you've uh, you've put it on. You're running a bit of a fever, so you know. You think, oh, I'll just sit and watch this, <laughs> and then it turns into some weird, horrible, hallucinogenic, never-ending, nightmarish, sweaty dream. Yeah, that I, is that uh, might just have been me, but that that,
0: that was my take on it. You could be could be describing Star Trek: The Motion Picture as well. I was actually. about to
1: say, I've just realised saying that that was both of them.
0: Yeah. it's very much the same thing. It is among. Among I would say most fans, it is the second most derided film uh, of the original they got series got films. Nominated for three fucking Oscars. It, <laughs> it did. Doesn't make sense. Were they all for like technical? I mean, because there were some good visuals in the film for the time.
1: It was stunning. Although then again, you you say it's stunning and great for the time, but of course you then put it up against Star Wars and go, oh, actually it was kind of shit. Yeah, but it yeah, wasn't it won... as good as Star Wars. Uh, in terms of what did you win for Oscars? Let's see: uh, best art direction, set direction, best effects, visual effects. Yep. Best music. Actually, yeah, the Jerry Goldsmith score is awesome. Yep. Um, uh, one glove say. Ayala's and... theme
0: is one of my favorite pieces of Star Trek music. Yeah, it's 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 good. It is good. Uh, and of course, the main theme was repurposed for Star Trek: The Next Generation. So it was. Uh, and they they also repurposed it for Star Trek Five. As well, actually, but uh, boy, they really like to tie that song to the worst, the worst of the movies. Um, it's not, it's not like it's a bad, bad movie, but it's it's weird because people love to herald Gene Roddenberry, but uh, mm-hmm. and the original series. But the first thing he did with this movie was completely separate it from the original series in every imaginable way. Do you
1: not think it was a far bigger vision, though, for him? I mean, so Maybe. he 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 wrote uh, he he wrote this, um, but then the screenplay, which actually was turned out to be the majority of it, was Harold Livingston. And yeah, um, I I do I kind of feel when I watch it that that what Livingston did was sort of say, "Yeah, I see what you were getting at, but you need to think a little bit bigger, Gene." Um, yeah. <laughs> and that's what he. I mean, unfortunately, he then zoomed well too far out and made the the monstrosity that it made um
0: i mean people just kind of look at it as like tos and gene roddenberry are the standard bearer of all trek but Mm. as soon as they gave gene a budget the first thing he did was deviate as far as he could from the original series they changed the uniforms they changed the look of everything they obviously made the klingons look like aliens instead of white guys in blackface uh there was an incident they don't like to talk about it they didn't even behave like the crew from the original series. Like, it's very different. Mm. If you watch, like, the last episode of original series and watch the first film, Mm. you'd feel like it was two very different things. Well, they Uh, needed
1: to develop some of the characters a bit further as well, didn't they? Sure. And, um, I mean, this is... You see far more of Scotty and Chekhov and Uhura and... Mm I I mean Sulu, was actually he did quite well out of the TV series didn't he he was fairly prominent yeah. as was um, McCoy but it, it, I think when you've got you know when you've got that much that much screen time to fill yes. uh, you can develop that a bit and it's weird isn't it because normally um, on on geekly we always talk about it being the other way around <laughs> you know you've got a TV Indeed. series that has all this time to develop characters well Star Trek tried to do it the other way around and then ended up with a film which is 426 hours long as everyone knows this is our best
0: tie-in to what we talk about next which, uh, on the next uh, episode, which is next gen, because uh, they they took they took some of the phase two characters that they had when they were developing the sequel to the the original series television show and put them in the film. Like Decker and Ayala were supposed to be parts of the show, and then they yeah. of course recycled them. Decker and Ayala eventually essentially became what Riker and Troy are in next-gen. Yeah. So, stuff like that happened. Uh, the the story, uh, if you can follow along, is there's a giant probe thingy, cloud thingy, that's coming to apparently meet... Uh, did you ever see the episode of the original series where... it's <laughs> Because there's an episode of the original series that is basically this story where they meet, like, a yep. robot that's like, I want to meet the guy who made me, and it kills everything that gets in its way until he does that, and the people who made it are yep. humans, because it merged with an alien piece. This is that... That's the TOS episode. I can't remember the yeah. name of it off the top of uh, my no, head, but... I was
1: just trying to fi- I was just trying to remember it, but I, I yeah. But they
0: copied it here. It's The Voyager Space Probe Met the Borg maybe. There's a theory yeah. about that out there, Ben. I'm sure you've heard it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh that this is where the the Borg began from, but uh yeah, it's basically that it's 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 a it's a it's one of those uh Star Trek think piece ones that just didn't quite <laughs> Uh have you ever seen the director's cut because I thought it would be better? Oh.
1: One hundred and thirty-six minutes of it. It's only an extra. What is it?
0: Four or five minutes or something? Not yeah. Much longer. I, I thought it was better somehow. Uh, it's been a long time since I've seen it, though. Maybe I would change my mind if I saw it again. Some of
1: the, some of the edits. Well, you can see just how. When you watch the the regular version of it, you see yeah. how bad the editing is, and you think there must be a better edited version of this. And yeah. it, the answer is yes,
0: there is. It's the, it's the director's cut. But we we've, we've, we've now fix spent the film. Uh, so. Uh, to first-time Trek viewers, recommend this movie? Yes or no? Um, I don't think you need for it.
1: First time, no, no. Like if you're Good just God no, you be terrified.
0: If, if you're if you're just getting into Trek, I'm not saying should this be the first thing somebody watches, but like oh, they okay. want to delve into the movies, is this a watch? Yes or no? no I would I say no.
1: No, I, because, uh, yeah. I this is it's become um uh, a piece for for fans of Star Trek. Yeah. Uh, because starting... start with Wrath of Khan and then yeah. feel angry about Into Darkness.
0: Starting with the starting with the next uh, the next movie, which is mm. kind of a trilogy, sort of. It's like a trilogy within these six movies. Uh, they they really set they really set in stone the universe for the original series movie crew mm. essentially going forward. Uh, starting with Wrath of Khan, which is of course uh, a sequel from Space Seed. Uh, I mean. Is there a lot to say about this movie that hasn't already been said? It's on most. It's most people's favorite Trek movie.
1: Yeah, and it's it's been discussed to death. Um, yeah, it. Uh, I mean, I, I, the thing I, I always like when I go back through the old films is looking at who are the people pe- people who were in them um, later turned out to be. So, like Decker in uh, in the first one, of course, is Howard Stark. Uh, ultimately, <laughs> sure, yeah. In um, thinking, uh, yeah. So the second one, yeah, it, it's it's a good it's a good movie. Has so much been said about it, um, you can talk about the novelty sort of Kirstie Alley Savick stuff in it or yes. whatever you want. But it, it's it's a great thing. I think the only thing that's slightly weird. I mean, it still jars slightly. Is how very different Khan is from yes. the, the incarnation of him in uh, in Spacey. Space- e. But if you heard yeah. the previous episode of the podcast where we
0: covered Spacey, then you'll know all about that. Mhm. Uh I mean obviously it's not without it's to me really big leaps in logic. Uh yeah. I I I've been I've definitely been labeled a traitor by many Star Trek fans by decrying that I think Benedict Cumberbatch is the best Khan. He doesn't he didn't have the charm or the charisma of Ricardo Montalban, but I was looking at it from the perspective of Khan is supposed to be an augment he's a genetically superior human being and to me benedict cumberbatch played that character how it was supposed to be khan just fit ricardo maltoban and wrath of khan fit the mold that they wanted him to fit for the purposes of this story but he certainly doesn't fit the mold of what he is supposed to be which is really super smart and really super advanced because he's really super dumb like he doesn't realize that space isn't three-dimensional Despite that being mm. a thing known long before Khan would have ever been born, which yeah. was back in our time. Like, people knew about three-dimensional space for a really long time, but there's that line where it's like, it seems to indicate two-dimensional thinking. Like, he doesn't realize that the Enterprise can just come up from underneath it. Uh, like, there's no way he's that dumb. Like, he's smart enough to operate the spaceship, like he knows how to operate the Reliant, yeah. but he he doesn't know that space is three dimensional uh there's some weirdness there's like there, weirdness. there's
1: huge problems in this film um yeah.
0: but i guess everyone everyone knows that i mean sure sure i mean the
1: the, the Botany bay survivors in this film the, the, the often sort of cited one is they have absolutely no way of knowing that anyone beamed down in the first place no, that is true so you just kind of go like, oh they somehow know that good um, <laughs> pff, uh, people always point out the thing about um, the oh god what is it about this film there's something that people always say about it um, it's oh, about I, SETI Alpha 5 no oh no it's it's, it's to do... <laughs> like,
0: like how could no. they not have known that the other planet had blown up like the science crew <laughs> yeah, didn't well, realise that the other planet was missing
1: they were too busy noticing um, people beaming down, presumably by a, a sound <laughs> effect heard in the very far distance. I guess um, they. Uh, no, it's, it's a weird thing about the you know the training exercise that they're doing is that they've they've got a cadet training alongside. Oh, you at the know, beginning of the film, yeah, two, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> two officers of considerable experience. You're kind of thinking, really, You're on the same test? Fair enough. Um, there's there's, <laughs> there's there's loads of actually. I've, ju- I've just a second clicked on. Uh, on maybe the, you have IMDb to pretend, page for it. Maybe I sh-
0: pretend that they're automatons while you're training. They're just yeah, maybe.
1: I've just noticed that. I've just gone to the goose page on IMDb. Uh, it reckons yeah. there are six plot holes, seven revealing mistakes. Um, oh, that's quite a good one. I've never seen that before. Really? When Spock and Savik are speaking Vulcan, their mouths are speaking English.
0: Oh yes, yes, yes. I've, I, I I've have never noticed this. that. I have heard this that they'll say they'll say the lines that they're supposed to say in English, and then they'll dub over the Vulcan language, and then the subtitles, and that the and that they want to try to do the Vulcan language, the words to match their mouths, so it looks like they're speaking the words that they're saying. But mm. yeah, yeah, I've heard this before. Oh, I had um, seen it before. They don't do that nowadays. If you make up a language, they make you learn the made up language and say those lines. That's how it works nowadays. No cheating, Leonard Nimoy. <laughs> i just say yelling. another
1: one here, character error. When Khan encountered the Enterprise crew in the original Space Seed, Pavel Chekhov was not a member of the bridge crew or cast of the first season. Uh, but when Khan found Captain Terrell and Chekhov after his slow recollection uh, yes. of the Botany Bay, Khan says him. Chekhov's name. Never um, forgets a face. Apparently not. Uh, even Ch- one he hasn't seen. Gosh, right. Star Trek. Uh, uh, worst Walter, movie ever.
0: Walter Koenig has always told the story that Chekhov was on the Enterprise at the time of Space Seed but was not a part of the bridge crew and mm. that he had a conversation in a hallway once with Khan during that episode that never aired on television. <laughs>
1: no, no, well. to... they, they, took, they shared a lift together. Um, yeah yeah yeah. You know All right, mate, how you doing? Yeah, yeah I'm
0: not too bad. Uh,
1: he's, he's good. What, Safety what, on what, Enterprise what, is number one priority.
0: What uh, what level do you want me to take you to? Yeah yeah. Uh, <laughs> Well, I think that's been suitably racist. Let's move on. Uh Star Trek 3. The Search excellent. for Spock Spock dies at the end of Star Trek 2, but fear not. He's not dead at all. They bring him back in Star Trek 3, uh The Search for Spock, which is as it sounds, the search it's Search for, for More Spock. Money. That's right. Uh now here's the thing. This is an an odd-numbered Star Trek, which Simon Pegg will tell you uh via spaced that odd-numbered Star Trek movies suck and even-numbered ones are good. Uh mm-hmm. If that is the case, if Star Trek Three is a bad Star Trek movie, it is at the very least the least of the bad movies because I find it to be okay. <laughs> I find it to be fairly serviceable. I mean, yeah, it's I, not I like the it. Best. I actually, yeah. it's,
1: it's I'm going to say this. I, I think I said this on uh, on flawed as well, but I actually really like the Search for Spock. And yeah. do you know, I, I was I was thinking about it after we did that show, I I kind of have a. I th- an insight, because when you look at it rationally it's true, it- it's not a great movie but I think the reason is you know, do you remember um, when we were kids that there were those uh, audio cassettes of various sort of things like whether it was the A-Team or Star Trek or whatever else he- and man. I had- Absolutely. Dan He-Man, yeah yeah and I had the Star Trek, uh, the Search for Spock audio tapes oh, and yes. so l- listened to them you know, probably a thousand times when I was I guess about maybe five or six mm-hmm. um, and I think it's just that's Immense familiarity, yeah. uh, that makes this makes this a, a good film for me. And Personal also, I would Lloyd, say, villain,
0: he's great. Yeah, uh, exactly. I, there's there's so much right with this. I like it. Mm-hmm. I like the scene where they uh, they kill Kirk's son, David, who we meet in Star Trek Two. I like that scene, even though Shatner Shatner's it up a little bit in the response. Oh no, you. Have... Sorry. You klingon bastards. You've killed my son and then he repeats it again one more time but somberly and just goes klingon bastards. So over the top. But
1: <laughs> oh my god. They but to be him.
0: but to be honest, but to be honest, I actually like the scene where Savik tells him that David is dead and Kirk is in shock and goes to sit down but isn't mm. like quite at the chair and kind of stumbles and falls. I think that's awesome. I thought that was an awesome bit. I know a lot of people are like, you know, like he fell down like it was a pratfall or something. But I thought it was great, like he was in yeah, shock. Right. And then, of course, he, 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 he done his... an
1: acting, hasn't he?
0: Yeah, and then he did an acting. Yeah, uh, he did an
1: acting, as Alex would say.
0: Well done. Uh, <laughs> You know, and then, of course, he shakespeare it ended up a little bit and when it was way over the top. Uh, I mean, at least he wasn't, like, screaming, like, Khan at the top of his lungs, like in Star uh-huh. Trek Two, but... Uh, so he did, but I love that. I love that little bit. Sometimes when he, to me, that was like subtly great. Uh, he did it. He did it to me. And when we talked about city on the edge of forever, uh, the last, the last line of the episode was when he says, let's get the hell out of here. And the way he says it is so goddamn great. Mm. Uh, he can be really awesome at times. And I really, I I really like that bit. Uh, I love the whole, the whole stealing of the enterprise scene where uh, they want to go back to the Genesis planet to find Spock's body, and Starfleet's like, no way, and they're like, well, fuck you, we're going to just take the Enterprise well, without and the permission. And
1: that's a big precedent-setting scene as well, isn't it? Because, yeah. you know, that's, that is something we, we hear um, a couple of other times in the Star Trek mm-hmm. universe. And, yeah, it's a, it's a, it was a big kind of fuck you moment as well. It was, yeah. it was, it was cool.
0: I Although, you, gotta, although you really got to blame Scotty. Uh, Scotty fucked up in a major way here. They could have had an advantage over the Borg long before the 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 Borg were thought in anyone's eyes. You see, because Scotty uh, disabled the transwarp drive of the Excelsior, mm. Mm. and my guess is they're like, well, it just they saw this and they're like it just doesn't work, so they gave up on transwarp drive. But they could have had it long before the Borg had transwarp capabilities. Ben, fucking uh, lazy
1: Scotsman. <laughs>
0: I'm 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 gonna go it's ahead. Probably and guess.
1: an SMP voter.
0: I'm gonna go ahead and guess for the purposes of Star Trek Three that their version of transwarp is not what they eventually used for the Borg later on. But maybe he just misspoke. Yeah. Uh, and the, you know, of course, and there's a a famous scene that often gets uh, recreated uh, frequently, which is when Kirk kills Krug mm. uh, and says, "I have had enough of you." When he's stepping on his hand. And then Krug does the supervillain fall uh, into a into a pit of lava, um, but that was pretty great. I like that movie. Uh, yeah, I would recommend to watch. Uh, obviously, Star Trek Two that goes without saying. Yes, go watch it. It's really good. We've well, got to uh, watch would...
1: this. You've got to watch this trilogy two, three, four.
0: Yeah, I would recommend three. Uh yeah. it's it's good. It's not as bad as people say. It's not the best, obviously, but uh, Star Trek Four, the next movie. Well, hang this on. Is...
1: Now, let's just pause here for a second so we know what's coming. Are sure. you about to lay into Star Trek 4? For... No, I am not. Good, man.
0: Good. Okay. Uh, this is actually, um, Aurora couldn't make it today, this is her favorite of the Star Trek movies, is this cool. one. This is the movie that got me into Star Trek, as I've mm-hmm. mentioned before. I, it's not my favorite Star Trek movie. It's the nice most uh,
1: accessible Star Trek movie by a mile.
0: It sure is. Uh, They decided to go uh, a completely different direction. There was a a time travel movie where they go back in time to the present day, which at the time the movie was made was the mid-80s. And it's a Save the Whales type movie because back then that was a big thing. It should probably still be a thing today, but it's not quite as much of a (laughs) thing. Yeah, nowadays we're like,
1: oh, the whales. Apparently there's going to be floods and a probe at some point. But hey, that's ages away.
0: Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. We don't have to worry about that. And besides, Kirk and Spock will come back and save them. It's no big deal. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, this this became my thing because, as I've discussed before, I believe I discussed it on the Flip for Side B episode with Glenn where we talked about Star Trek uh, and my Star Trek origins. Uh, it was uh, at my grandparents' house watching a VHS copy of this movie. <laughs> and before the film started, there was a trailer for a brand-new television show. Coming soon, yeah. called Star Trek The Next Generation, and it was me all too. highlights from the pilot episode, and I saw that, and I'm like, oh my god, cool, they're making a Star Trek for me! Yeah. Uh And <laughs> full of super awesome stuff that will never look dated, and haircuts and stuff <laughs> that will never look like it's from the 90s at all. Uh <laughs> but, but it's yeah, true, it was...
1: the, the giddiness, um, and I know there is a thing about, you know, geeks in their 30s talking about yep. stuff from the 80s. Yeah, we yep. all do it. But oh, yeah. um, this this is up there. Into, first of all, this is like up there with the seminal 80s movies like Jumpin' Jack Flash and uh, Ghostbusters and all that for it. It, it, me. Mm-hmm. It's part of what I think of when I think of the 80s. Um, Very
0: heavy comedy in this movie.
1: Yeah, and... <sighs> This is why people slag it off, and they go, "Oh, it's you know, it's, it's like a sort of parody of a Star Trek film." Well, it kind of is, and it doesn't. I mean, it has a very big contrast between the stuff set in the in yeah. the future, if you like, and the stuff set in 1986. Um, mm-hmm. In the sense that the stuff set in the future is kind of dark, actually, it really feels quite heavy and oppressive, yeah. and then the stuff in the in the eighties is is kind of frothy and ridiculous. Yeah. Um, but it's. I mean, we, we spoke about this movie, I think, more than any other film when we did um, Flawed and, uh, and Decisive. Decisive, yeah. It's, everything about this film makes it enjoyable. Yeah, and, I love it. Yeah, so do I. And I, I know there will be people listening to this right yeah. now and, go, oh, for fuck's sake, it, it is, it's guys in their 30s
0: talking about movies from the 80s, but well fuck you uh yeah it is that but <laughs> no i mean i think it's uh, look uh it may be a little less accessible now to younger audiences that mm, that's true aren't, necess- aren't necessarily going to get uh to get everything because now it's not a movie about traveling back in time to the present it's traveling back in time to their past like they're di- for them distant past shit yeah uh for them like this is a past before i existed hang on i'm just gonna so... make some
1: more gin do carry on <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh, I mean, you know, like there's, st- there's stuff that sticks out at the time, like when they're getting pizza, uh, and, and, uh, and a beer or whatever. And this communicator goes off and she's like, are you a doctor? And he's like, what, what are you talking about? He's like, I heard your pocket pager like a pocket pager holy shit like nowadays when i hear that it you know it blows my mind um actually i guess
1: a lot of people won't get well maybe they will again now get the um thing why why it's hilarious that chekhov's uh, walking around the streets of san francisco asking about the nuclear vessels with his russian accent that's that's Uh, right
0: because yeah they won't they won't won't get how uh you know red scarish yeah uh, that sort of thing is and uh that's great yeah um, it's across the bay in alameda that's what i've heard mm. uh the uh i mean but there's so much i loved i loved uh when chekhov gets uh when he nearly gets killed running away from said mm. nuclear sub and then uh bones and kirk and uh whatever her name is i'm sorry i can't remember your name uh 80s girl who was in the movie um <laughs> jillian was it dr jillian something maybe uh Oh, you're gonna make me it's something up, along those lines. Yeah, it is. It's something uh, like and they have to go into the hospital and seeing bones, dealing with the people in the hot in the in the old timey for him hospital was yeah. a joy. Like he gives this a woman, an old lady on kidney dialysis, just gives her like a capsule and it regrows her kidney. Uh, the just condescendingly speaking to the other surgeons and who and she, who, so who could
1: good. forget across town computer.
0: Hello, oh, of computer. Course, Scott, Scotty at the, uh, whatever it is, the, what is it, plexiglass or something? <laughs> yeah, or...
1: something like that. Talking, talking into an old, plus that's plus
0: that. an old Mac, isn't it? An I old Macintosh? So, yeah. Talking into the mouse. Yeah. Just use the keyboard.
1: How quaint. Um, well, followed keyboard. by the fastest typing. I mean, QWERTY's still popular, clearly, in the future. Because he weird can thing QWERTY is, like, like he's... fuck
0: apparently he's just typing all over the place and there's just windows popping up everywhere. It's like, how is he not crashing this thing? That
1: is how it works. I've seen it in many a (laughs) film about hacking. Uh, It is Jillian, and she's played by Katherine Hicks, who has done a lot of TV movies. Good God, this woman has been prolific in TV movies.
0: (laughs) Getting work done, I guess. She is getting bills paid. Um, Uh... To me, actually, my favorite part of this movie was after they saved the day and they come back and, you know, they put everybody on trial for, you know, Mm. stealing the Enterprise in the third movie and doing all this stuff without any permission. But, hey, they saved the day. So, you know, what what they end up doing is reducing Kirk's rank from Admiral to Captain. And he's like, thanks. That's what I wanted this whole time. Yeah, uh, I mean,
1: of course, it's ridiculous because what they would have actually done, as we all know, is um, he'd have had to come, he'd have come back to Earth and then he would have had to um, hide in the Swedish uh, embassy for yeah. quite a while. And then they go, no, sorry, we're not going to kill you when we extradite you. Right. No, really, we won't. <laughs> what? No, we've only got one hand behind back because uh, we've got our make. Yeah. Just yeah. Crossing
0: our fingers. <laughs> yeah. and to, show, to show you what... Because uh, this is my favorite moment in the movie, and to show you what uh, to me uh, a character that the Enterprise is, and because I think some people might dismiss it, it's totally a, if you've grown up with the show, it's a character to you. Yeah, uh, like it was heartbreaking to see them blow it up <gasps> in three. It really and was. How
1: did we not mention the, that when we were talking about three? I, yeah, yeah I can't
0: believe I forgot about it. In Star Trek three, they they're captured by the Klingons, and they have to self destruct the ship. And there's to me it's it's a beautiful shot, but it's also heartbreaking of them standing on that that cliff or that ledge or whatever mm. and there's you just see the the ship streaking through the atmosphere burning up and it was jeez, that's really hard to watch uh so my favorite part of the movie obviously is they're in a shuttle and they're flying to their next assignment, which they all assume is going to be excelsior mm. and Scotty is not pleased about this he's really pissed off and Everyone's like, well, you know, it's a, a ship's a ship. You know, we'll just take what we can get. And they float over the saucer uh, to reveal that they've repurposed another Constitution class mm-hmm. and renamed it Enterprise. Uh, that was awesome. The reveal, the like the music swell, all that stuff mm-hmm. is great. And then unfortunately, Ben, they ruin all of that in the next movie. <laughs> it's amazing. They ruined oh. everything that made four fun.
1: Why are they putting seatbelts in theaters this summer?
0: The, so, so let's I believe.
1: About, I, am I wrong? I believe that was the uh, that was the the strap line on the same <laughs> adverts, been. wasn't it? Uh,
0: let's uh, let's uh, let's talk about the uh, the elephant in the room here, which is of course Star Trek Five, uh, the undis- uh, undiscovered country is six, final it's frontier, final frontier. Yeah. 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 Uh, this is would, otherwise uh, known
1: uh, as Star Trek Does God.
0: We would recommend you watch Star Trek Four mm-hmm. clearly. Yeah, I don't think either of us are going to recommend you watch five. Um, so they're like, okay, four was a big commercial success. Yeah, It crossed over. It brought in our Star Trek fans. It brought in casual fans. This was huge. You know what made it? The humor. Let's keep doing the humor in Star Trek five. <laughs> and it worked in Star Trek four because they were, they were fish out of water. They were people from the 23rd century in the 1980s. That's why the humor worked, but they continued it in this movie in which they don't go back in time. They're not fish out of water. They're back in their comfortable fish tank, and the humor does not work. They make Scotty look like a bumbling idiot on the fucking Enterprise, which is a shame.
1: It is still an iconic scene, though, that scene.
0: Yeah, where he, where he says he knows the ship like the back of his hand and then runs into a crossbeam and knocks yeah. himself out. Yeah, well, Uh, kids are tricky like that? He was an old, he was an aging Scottish guy who was big and fat. He was probably off his
1: tits on scotch most of the
0: time. Yeah, and Mm. that being said, that is a man who knew the Enterprise so well. And not just the Enterprise, because the Enterprise is a Constitution-class ship. So uh, no matter what Constitution-class ship you put him on, it's going to be pretty much the same. This is a man who knows that ship so well, even at his advanced age and weight, should be able to cartwheel his way from place to place without so much as hitting a wall, but no, they make him look like a goddamn idiot in this film they they do they try to do the weird love interest between him and Uhura for some reason out of the blue. I did not understand that that made no sense uh like it was like people complain about Spock and Uhura in the new movies, but that's a that's kind of a reboot uh that's starting from like a fresh perspective. Uhura and Scotty have, this Uhura and Scotty have been together since the original series and there's never been so much as a hint at anything. It just happened in this movie. Well, like, they're you discreet, guys you know, interests. they kept it
1: out of the workplace.
0: Maybe, maybe. It, maybe it was like Chekhov meeting Khan.
1: Like mm-hmm. it, it all
0: happened, it all happened off screen. You say that, but, come on. We know what's been going on with Chekhov and Khan. And of course, I just mentioned my favorite thing about Star Trek IV was the reveal of the new Enterprise at the end. And then what do they do in this movie? It's a piece of shit that doesn't work. <laughs> the doors don't work. The warp speed sucks. The transporters don't work. Everything's falling to pieces. You know, for funnies, because it's hilarious, I guess, that, ha, ha, ha look, nothing's working.
1: We put this bunch of clowns uh, in a car, and gradually, <laughs> as it proceeds around um, the place, it all bits fall off, and, oh, it's funny. Do you have other
0: things to add about this movie? <sighs> the... I don't I don't necessarily the And I don't the like the name are... of the
1: bad guy. It makes me think of sports shoes.
0: You mean Jacquerie?
1: No, Cybok.
0: Oh. Oh, Cybok.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Reebok.
0: Spock's, no. Spock's brother Reebok.
1: Yeah. Right. And, and, um, and hang on, actually, yeah, I was about to say... There <laughs> Spock is...
0: has a brother, everybody, all of a sudden as well. Yeah, I was about to say,
1: first of all, Spock's got a brother. Sorry, forgot to mention. Um, They go to unimaginative places like Nimbus 3, the planet in mm-hmm. galactic peace. Nice. Yeah, yes. And uh, they... Well, David,
0: David, David Warner is there, and he's great.
1: Yeah, well...
0: As that's... the drunk off of his ass, uh, yeah. Federation representative who doesn't give a shit. I mean, he's actually he's been great in everything, uh, Star Trek wise. He's yeah.
1: done. Uh, he's done like three things. I was about to say, yeah, all, he's but... done a few things, but and also George, George Murdoch playing God. We're we not going to mention that, no. <laughs> no,
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, fair enough. They, they go to they they go to seek out. Well, he's not God. He's 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 a supreme genre.
1: being. Um, yeah. But uh although I noticed he's not, actually he's
0: just, a, he's just an energy alien that is entrapped on a planet and wants to escape. Unless but you're
1: Cybok, in which case he's s- a supreme being.
0: Yeah, Cybok thinks he's God. Yeah. Uh Jacary, which is apparently so the story goes uh is a nod to Sean Connery, who mm. they originally wanted to play Cybok. Can you imagine yeah. that? Can you imagine Sean Connery is because Sean Connery always plays Sean Connery. Yeah. He I'm really your yeah, like <laughs> Sp- everything would have been Spock.
1: Oh, at least he wasn't Scotty's brother, I suppose. Although that would have been more believable. Um, fun fact, though: uh, God, who isn't God, uh, George yep. Murdoch uh, played a preacher in Torchwood in Miracle Day. Really? Remember uh, Dead of Day Night?
0: All oh, right, okay. Wow, I'm still in, I'm, <laughs> late. I review. I'm in it was only five I, years ago. I believe I'm in season two of Torchwood. Still, uh,
1: you're spacing that out, but not as much as so- they are.
0: Slowly making my way through it. Uh yeah, the uh this 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 film delivered such memorable lines as what does God need with a starship? Yeah, so it's uh, in the trailer. You know, though. Yeah. To be honest, I I like anything that Bones does. So when he's like, you know, what are you doing? You don't ask the almighty for his ID. Just like stuff like that cuz he's great when he delivers that ridiculous shit, but he delivers it well so I like it. But yeah, there is there was there was so so much silliness with all of that. And there then of course there there's so many production issues. There was Obviously, there's a scene where Cybok, uh, when they're on the ship, and he has long hair, and then they beam down to the planet, and he has short hair all of a sudden. That's because it was from reshoots, and I guess he didn't grow his hair out, or they didn't make a wig, or <laughs> I don't know what the fuck. But apparently, between the bridge and the transporter room, he decided to get a haircut on his way down to the planet. <laughs> uh, it was ridiculous. <laughs> the visual effects are awful. I don't necessarily blame that on this film. They they were lined up to get... um. Uh, ILM, uh, which is which was, at the time of the making of this movie, the only game in town for credible visual effects. Oh, yeah. And they were tied up. Mm. And they had a project that they couldn't get away from so they to do the Star Trek movies. So they had to go to another effects house, and that's why this movie looks like it does. That's why uh, when Kirk slips while he's mountain climbing and falls down a mountain, if it just looks like William Shatner is hanging upside down while well, they're... <laughs> somebody's reeling some background of a mountain <laughs> over and over again, and it doesn't look like he's actually falling. Uh, that's because that's probably what they did. Uh, but, well, and actually,
1: it, well, it taught people things, because, of course, Star Trek never made that mistake again. Um, mm-hmm. ILM are, are synonymous with Star Trek. Is there um,
0: redeemable? Is there a redeemable scene in the film to you? Is there anything in it that you're like, that was there, actually there
1: was good? A, there was a thing that, just because of the way it was delivered, made me laugh. Um, mm-hmm. Like a proper full-on laugh, and it's a really silly line, but it's the, the thing I always remember from it. Um, and I was as to see if you can remember it is in the film, Kirk and Spock. He says, "Spock, yes, Captain, be one with the horse." Yes, Captain.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: it's one of my. Fa- I saw it again yes, recently ca- in a clip. Um, obviously, in one of the you know the things about uh, Nimoy, and it's just it's just
0: one of my favourite lines. <laughs> You know that's the Shatner one that he came up with too. Oh but, yeah, uh, absolutely. He's a big but, horse fan.
1: It was a you know the, the little glimpses of Denny Crane that appear in uh, in his delivery <laughs> in Final Frontier are, are great.
0: I'll say this: uh, I actually, because uh, Cybex' gift apparently is that he can uh, he can sense people's pain. Yeah, I guess and he can it remove their pain. Yes. Yeah, he can remove their pain. Somehow he can also make it appear. I can create visions in front of people as well. Yeah, I don't no, don't not? ask me don't ask me how to explain that, but I actually did. Like why would you the explain scenes. it?
1: They didn't bother explaining it in the film. <laughs> yeah, that's <is> true.
0: <laughs> uh, I did. I gotta say, I did like the scene where they show like what Spock's pain is, and it's essentially oh, they yeah. show him being born, and as uh, as Sarek looks at him. And looks at his newborn child, and then just says, "So human." Yeah, and it's like, "Geez, what a dick!" Even Daddy as a baby, yeah. he he's basically one step short of just throw. He should have said, "So human," and then just dropped him in the garbage can, which is about mm. like how he delivered it. And they did they did another scene with McCoy and his father, uh, and his father was on his deathbed, and McCoy couldn't do anything to save him. And that the disease he was dying from, like, they cured it, like, two years later or something like that. Yeah. Uh, and it had been bothering him ever since. I thought those were both really well done, uh, really well done scenes. But did they uh, not because... feel
1: like scenes that perhaps belonged in in a series? Maybe, well, I don't know, maybe maybe we'd May move perhaps. too far by then, I don't know.
0: Do, I mean... And I think it really only works because DeForest Kelly was really great in that scene. Yeah. I don't know if you can tell, but I'm a big fan. Uh, yeah, his face is on the, p- uh, the podcast art. So, uh, well, This was the last of the Roddenberry um,
1: films as well, of course. I think. yeah was it this one uh, i mean was he, he still alive i mean he didn't
0: I, don't know. I mean he didn't really have a whole lot to do with any of the other i mean he had involvement in them but yeah. he wasn't really hands-on hands-on oh no
1: no no. but if you i mean it depends sort of whose version of things you read but he yeah. um he was very heavily a consultant on on these things yeah. because
0: it was the word it was is he hated vision. the last the word is he hated the last movie we're about to talk about so um but yeah i well he, he died uh, before
1: it, it was released though on Discover country the,
0: yeah, well, he he did see... The story goes that uh, maybe a week or a few days before his death, he saw a oh, screening shit. of it. Ooh. And he did not like it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, but he wasn't... He and Nick Meyer crossed paths. They were not... Nick Meyer had a different vision for how Star Trek should play out, and it yeah. wasn't exactly Gene's vision. And... Uh, all I have to say is who had the two better movies is all I have to say about that. <laughs> uh, they were Nick Meyer. Spo- <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Gene. I'm sorry. Great bird of the galaxy, but uh, copyright Roddenberry Foundation or whatever. Yeah. Uh, I'm sorry, but the Nick Meyer movies are far superior. Uh, that being said, that that scene with Cybok and uh, Spock and uh, McCoy, of course, ends with Shatner hamming it up. Uh, I don't want to lose my pain, I need my pain uh, You know, stuff like that So uh, It went into a shatner speech But I thought that was an okay scene uh, yeah. By and large, the movie was whew, Pretty rough Pretty rough uh, There is Spock swearing If you count saying damn A swear uh, Yeah, that's He does strange. say that He says, damn you sir, you will try to I believe one of the Klingons, the the old Nimbus Three Klingon guy. Um, anyway, let's no one's recommending this movie. Let's move on to Star yep. Trek Six, the controversial movie, that saved movie. A franchise. Uh, nah, mm. I don't think so. This to me, this is the movie that saved the franchise. This is the this is the. Uh this is The Batman Begins of 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 Star Trek. It was It is undoubtedly, uh, yeah. S- Star Trek 5 was Batman and Robin and this was Christopher Nolan swooping in to save a, a dying franchise.
1: <laughs> quick, remove uh, the nipples everyone. Yes. <laughs> quick, uh.
0: yes. No more shots of the bat butt, please. <laughs> uh Yeah, this was uh this was this was that. The final film of the original Star Trek. Uh, cast and depending uh, on the
1: day and the time and everything else, actually this can go from being my favorite Star Trek film to being my least star- favorite Star Trek film. Really? Yeah. To me, I, to me it's
0: always to me it's always top three. So or top five, maybe I guess it may switch around. I, I think sometimes it can go as low as five on the list of all eleven movies or whatever. But mm. it's always like uh, near the top for me. I don't know. I love I love this movie. Uh, I mean, it's obviously not without its flaws, but. Nick Meyer basically brought it back to what made it really good yeah. uh in a lot of he got rid of the it's not to say that this movie was humorless
1: No because but, uh, not everyone keeps their genitals in the same place captain
0: That's right there yeah. was here and the dining the dining scene is like very there's very subtle humor uh, in you know, before and after, like Chekhov is like, guess who's coming to dinner? And mm-hmm. after it's over, McCoy ripping open his uniform saying I need to find a pot of black coffee after everything went shitty. And <laughs> like, there are bits of humor, but it's more subtle. It's not over the top. It doesn't make anybody look like buffoons. And, I'm never going to let go of that Scotty thing. <laughs> although I say to
1: people that, uh, sorry, although people say that this is that this is controversial, because there are people who really lay into this film. One of the most common mm-hmm. things that people lay into <clears throat> for some reason is the casting of kim cattrall and let me just say yeah. this to people who slag off this casting of kim cattrall you are doing that 100 percent with fucking hindsight kim cattrall is actually really rather good in this film and in fact I think so, yeah. she's actually a fucking good actress um i've yeah. seen her yeah okay we've all seen her do police academy and fucking whatever and, oh sex in the city i guess as well but um sure i've also seen her do shakespeare and she is a fucking good actress yeah, I, I think
0: she's I think she's good in this movie. Sure. She is.
1: Um and it, uh, and it's it's a geek film as well. You get Grace Lee Whitney back as um she's on the Grand, yeah. Yeah, on the Excels. Yeah, she's on the Excelsior isn't Yeah, she?
0: she's on uh Captain Sulu gets his own ship because he can't stand William Shatner.
1: Well, that's my guess. Yeah,
0: basically. Uh- <laughs> I mean, look, I don't know how he went from I don't know how he went from navigational officer to captaining his ship in one film. Mm, so
1: Details. But the the thing is, there, the people who hate I know this there is film, some time
0: though, between them, but... well, that's true.
1: But the the thing is that people go on about about the people who hate this film is that they talk about um, the leap in in effects and the kind of production style, and and there is a huge leap in uh, in everything about it visually. Um, yeah, I mean, it has, I mean, it has some glorious moments. The the the, the blood um, in zero gravity in this film was was one of those big sort of moment despite and... it's
0: despite its wacky choice of color
1: oh yeah yeah the color made no sense but it, visually when you first see it in the cinema you're like fucking hell that's really cool Very um, cool, yeah and uh, they it's weird they jump between the kind of melodramatic sort of old school cinema shots um with the the woman on the prison planet. i can't remember her name now um and it it, it does feel kind of like bits of it have been stuck together and sort of added on top of a film that's made in a completely different style. It does feel mm-hmm. uncomfortable in places, but the thing that keeps this together and the reason why as I say on a good day this is probably my favorite um or certainly yeah actually yeah on a good day it is my favorite film is because mm-hmm. it has it has a really good well-written script. Um yep. it it pulls everything together. You can overlook some of the weird stuff in it and there is some weird shit in this film. Um, oh yeah it pulls everything together though and you 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 feel absolutely no problem overlooking the clunkiness in places i i think it's awesome Mm -hmm. also it's got my favorite um uh sci-fi actor uh, who pops up in everything and no one ever recognizes him
0: kurtwood smith oh kurtwood smith is great yeah well i mean people probably remember him for that 70s show
1: uh, i remember him from the line bitches leave surely
0: (laughs) well i mean yeah he's in. can you fly bobby He's in Robocop too, isn't he? Yeah, that's what I mean. Clarence Butcher. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and I, in I think...
1: which which Marvel film? Uh, no, Marvel show did he pop up in recently? He uh, mm-hmm. was the bad guy in agent... No, agent, agent Carter. Was he Agent Carter? Yeah. Okay. He was the uh, he was the the horrible old guy whose name I forget. Um, he who... shows
0: up. He shows up again in Voyager.
1: Uh, he was in well, DS Nine as well, couple... of... I
0: think. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, he's done Star Trek a couple of times. He's v- he's very good. Yeah, well he, and yeah.
1: he he was the Federation President everyone remembers when they think of what the Federation President looks like. President well. is, it's just there was a lot of makeup involved.
0: Yes, yes. Uh I, I like him. Yeah, he's very good. Uh yeah, this is definitely one of my favorites. I think it's my favorite of the original series movies. Uh mm-hmm. I like it more than I like it more than Wrath on most days. Um I guess they're like Beatles songs in that regard. People are like, what's your favorite Beatles song? And people are like, yeah, it depends on what day it is. Hmm. Uh, I guess that's like a a similar thing here with me, uh, with Star Trek. It just kind of depends on on the day that you catch me. But uh, that's definitely one of my favorite movies. I would highly recommend it. The score is really good. I love, I'm a big movie score nerd, and I think the score is really great for the movie. Mark Leonard's Uh, in it as
1: well as Sarek, which is always a good sign.
0: Of course, Sarek. God, he's so good. Uh, He's
1: an iconic Star Trek actor, isn't he? (laughs) (laughs)
0: I can't wait because he shows up in next gen. He does some really great episodes. Yeah. So I'm excited. Uh, yeah. So we'll recommend those movies. That's the six star Trek movies, original series. We now bid adieu Mm. to them. Bye bye now. Uh, before we, uh, before we announce the picks for next, uh, for the next episode, in which we talk about, uh, TNG, I would just like to re-remind everybody that if you're enjoying this, cinemageekly.com slash premium, all of the episodes, all of them available. Uh, at your leisure, and all of them, including this one, are uh, available on Google Play Music and iTunes. Uh, I'm trying to think of a better way you can find us other than searching. Uh, I'm a doctor, not a podcast, which is <laughs> a lot of stuff to write out. You probably could find us if you just typed out Star Trek, uh, but it would take a while. I'll say uh, it depends
1: it's, how long you've got. Really,
0: uh... it's probably on the Google Play on the Google Play Music store. It's it's not as hard. Because that just got up and running, and there's uh, not everybody has gotten their stuff up there. With the exception of Star Trek, which I think Trek FM, which has, I think, 800 Star Trek podcasts, uh, they may cloud it. So the best way is to probably just search for it by name. But uh, Cinema Geekly is on the ball big time, getting on that at this early. Yeah, I mean, all all of the shows are up there on uh, Google Play Music and iTunes. You just have to search for it. And uh, you can subscribe to the shows, uh, or you can just download them or listen to them from the website. But yep, there you go. SendWeekly.com slash premium. All of the shows that were once uh, behind a paywall are now the. We've torn down that wall, much like uh, they could have done in Star Trek 4 when <laughs> they were back in the 80s. I thought uh, we were going to
1: head somewhere in the direction of Donald Trump again here. So
0: I'm just. <laughs> no, no, no. That would be building another wall. That'd be building. That'd be like taking our paywall and then adding another ten feet to the paywall. Yeah. And so making it making it like a hundred dollars a month and, or something. And making
1: people who don't listen to the show pay for it.
0: That's right. Yeah. That's right. You know who's gonna pay for it? <laughs> people who don't even know we exist. <laughs> Uh, no, that's not what's going to happen. Uh, it's available for free to everybody. You don't need an account. You don't need to sign up for anything. You can just go there and you can listen to everything. Uh, even the archive stuff, it's all available to everybody now. So go and enjoy. Uh, all right. So the next episode we're going to do, hopefully we will have Aurora with us and we can complete, uh, the, the Triforce. Uh, that this show is supposed to be because the last two episodes we haven't been able to do it. Uh we should so say Aurora has out. been
1: crazy busy because um she she's has. she's become a geek celebrity. Is
0: that is that is that what's happened?
1: I think she kinda has, isn't she? She's now doing I mean how many panels has she has she done now and she's
0: Oh uh, she she uh, she does a, a bunch of, of uh Comic Con panels and things like that. She's done a she did a bunch before she ever joined up with us and she oh, continues yeah she continues to do them anything that's around uh anything that's around like the midwest she usually makes it out to and uh, and does panels so yeah she's doing that and she's also working at a university as well so she's really super busy like not as a student but as like people as a person who deals with students so she is super busy and the fact that she ever gets any time to sit down and talk uh about tv shows with us <laughs> uh we are lucky in that regard uh, so yeah, this was just uh, scheduling didn't work out. Actually, I think she said she'd went to a concert last night, and she woke up today, and she has no voice. <laughs> and she's like, "Can we try to? Can we try to do it tomorrow? Like, I'll I'll probably feel better tomorrow." And it's like, oh, "I'm going to Civil War tomorrow. I won't be able to do it tomorrow." So instead of putting it off another week, we just we just did it now. But I do have her choice. I do have her choices okay. because she is she was third in line. But now that I know that, I now that I know what your choice was and I know what my choice is, uh, she's going to get her first choice uh, oh, really? as well because neither of us selected wow. uh, the one that she selected. Hang but, on, let, uh, let, me, yeah.
1: let me find a pen, would you believe, of all things, to write this down with. Okay. <laughs> here in
0: 2016.
1: <laughs> well, and I'm sat here in front of a computer next to a smartphone next to two different tablets, but I've got a pen and a post-it note. I'm good to go. Let's go.
0: It still is easier, like with a like with a like a pen and a, and a post-it note, you can just start writing with a tablet, you've got to turn it on, you've got to find the memo app yeah, and you've got to wait yes, for the exactly. keyboard to pop up and uh all right,
1: fuck you uh, the so future
0: you... <laughs> uh Ben you are you you make the first selection, so what is the episode that you are choosing?
1: Uh, I'm choosing a Roddenberry episode um because I'm not predictable, and I'm choosing data mm-hmm. law
0: so season it's season one episode thirteen. Uh, The Enterprise crew finds a disassembled Android identical to Data at the site of uh, the Omicron Theta Colony, where Data was found. Uh, But it has since been destroyed by a life form dubbed the Crystalline Entity. The reassembled Android, Lore, brings the Crystalline Entity to the Enterprise. Oh, shit. Bum, bum, bum. Mm. Uh, I am... I'm not picking this up. I'm not a big fan of the first season. No one is, Um, let's be clear. (laughs) of next gen. So I'm picking this one just because it sets the stage, which is of course season one, episode one, technically episode one and two. Well, hang on.
1: Yeah. What are we doing here? Is this the whole two hours?
0: If you watch it on Netflix, it's presented as one thing, I believe. So, uh, encounter at far point is what I'm picking. Uh, I'm going to, I'm going
1: to get hold of Aurora in a minute and find out whether she thinks that's, uh, that's foul play. I,
0: I think it's, I think it's fair. Because uh, it, usually it's presented as one thing now. Mm-hmm. I believe it aired as one thing as well. It did initially, so. and
1: then every, I think every time since has been aired as the separate one. They've
0: yeah. sent, they've sent, split it. Uh, the new Starship Enterprise begins her maiden voyage by uncovering the mysteries of an advanced space station. The crew's mission is threatened by an omnipotent being Nith Q, mm. uh, who puts them on trial for the crimes of all humanity. The main reason I'm picking this is because I'm just going into the future here, and I know that one of us is going to predict <laughs> the f- uh, pick the final episode of Star Trek The Next Generation, and these two episodes tie together very nicely. They do. So that's why I'm picking this one, because I like the symmetry. Uh, so that's Season 1, Episode 1. Ben has picked Season 1, Episode 13. And Aurora's number one pick was Season 1, Episode 25, called Conspiracy. Okay. The strange behavior of high-ranking officers, which earlier prompted the investigation of the crew in the episode Coming of Age, leads Picard to uncover a conspiracy within Starfleet. I believe it also features the most graphic thing I've ever seen in a Star Trek TV show. Uh, I don't want to talk about it now. We'll talk about it when the episode happens. More so
1: than the the decontamination in the first, uh, first or second episode of Enterprise. Oh, I don't know I haven't, you, I haven't hang on do I you mean graphic or, or explicit
0: uh yeah I should probably go with explicit maybe mm-hmm. that's okay. pretty gross what happens in this episode, especially for uh a young man in nineteen eighty eight watching it for the first time it was uh it was pretty mind blowing um i I will say this to show you how much times have changed the first episode of Star Trek the Next Generation garnered fifteen point seven million viewers <laughs> God, I bet they would kill for those kind of numbers now.
1: Well, it dropped like crazy, though. I mean, it uh, hit like ten million, I think, in the US by, by... the end of the first season. Yeah. yeah, well, even midway, I think, from recollection.
0: Oh, sure, sure. The third episode was nine point five million. Oh, there you go. Yeah, the the sixth episode. By the way, uh, uh, to a to a to a worse episode, it couldn't be more deserving for Code of Honor. Which I believe even oh, yeah, the, yeah, yeah. the oh. crew and everybody hates that episode.
1: The, uh, the only one worse, I think, is probably Justice. But yeah. <laughs> well, well, we'll touch on uh, this stuff in the next episode, I guess. But
0: shut up, Wesley. <sighs> yeah, well, actually, yes,
1: it's worth it just for that, isn't it? Yeah, fair enough.
0: <laughs> uh, poor Will Wheaton. Okay, uh, evil Will Wheaton. Uh, that's the episode. I'm amazed we were able to talk about all of those movies and keep it to an hour. Uh, That's an incredible feat, and And that's shorter
1: than that first opening scene from uh, the motion
0: picture. So we've done well. That's right. Yeah, this podcast was in fact shorter than the establishing shot of the Enterprise from Star Trek: The Motion Picture. So take it in, kids. Uh, All right, (laughs) for bed (laughs) night, I'm Anthony Lewis. Uh, We'll be back with another episode of I'm a Doctor, Not a Podcast.